Welcome back to the Flawless Takes podcast, the podcast that always believed the U.S. would win. <clears throat> I am your host, Christian Miola. I am here, as always, with my co-host and friend, Chris Landera. Chris, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm amazing because uh, our U.S. men's national team has managed to uh, sneak out of their group. I got a big Uncle Sam hat on and I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm ready to celebrate. High stepping like Apollo Creed into the ring at the, be- <laughs> at the, be- at the beginning of Rocky IV. Right yeah, that's, that's where I was going to go. Which Rocky are we talking here? Yeah, because yeah, some right. of them end differently for old yes. Apollo there. Hopefully not the one where he dies. Yeah. So it's crazy. We, you know, last time we were on, we were previewing everything. Now the U.S. has finished their three group games. They came so hot and heavy, right? And, you know, especially in the States with the U.S. holidays, like it just seems in a blink of an eye, the group stages were over. Um, But, you know, they came out, they, you know, tested our sort of, you know, our nerves as much as you possibly could. It seems like in all the games, Um, very nervy three games. Uh, But uh, here they are. They, you know, two ties and a win gets it done. Uh, Only two goals for the good, but they only conceded one. And that was on a, Penalty kick, as we know, to Gareth Bale. So, um, a very stingy U.S. men's national team makes it through Group B. Um, they will play the Netherlands here in just a matter of days, um, which will be exciting. Uh, that's a fun game. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I think we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it's you know, it you get out of the group. When you're the U.S. at this stage with a young team, you have to feel really good. And I do. Um, we could certainly nitpick some things. But, um, yeah, I think overall, if you're a fan of uh, the U.S. men's national team, you have to feel very positive about what we've seen. We went in as a, a super young team, and now we're coming out um, a team that has some World Cup experience and some success. So um, you hate to just be like job done and, you know, move on. But, like, this was as good an outcome as, as you could have wanted from three uh, tough group games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought that the U.S. had great performances in all three games. I mean, despite um, drawing with Wales and drawing with England and, you know, basically just getting out of the Iran game with a 1-0, almost giving up the uh, game-tying goal at the end there, I thought the U.S. played well in all three games. And we talked about how coming into this tournament, there really wasn't a lot. The U.S. It didn't seem like there was a lot for the U.S. to hang their hats on mm-hmm. uh, going in here. We were just kind of like hoping, man, maybe they just start playing well out of nowhere. And fortunately, that's happened um, because compared to the two warm-up games going to the tournament, where they a two-one loss to Japan, where they thoroughly dominated, and a zero-zero draw with Saudi Arabia that they kind of just like slept walk through. It's like night and day with this tournament, and you could see after that. 1-0 win over um, Iran. If you saw videos of a team coming back to the team hotel after the game, I mean, how excited they were that that they had gotten out of the group. And I think as fans, we should feel the same because it was definitely not a um, a lock, not a certainty that we were going to get through. And um, we managed we we managed it. I thought we were def- clearly the second best team in the group. We we outplayed Wales. Unfortunately, ended up with a draw there, and we were the better team against Iran, too. So it's well-deserved. And um, looking ahead, we have the Netherlands, which I think is going to be – I I agree with you, should be a fun game because the Netherlands will let you play. 
they're not going to like pack it in against us or, and, 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 you know, try to make it a more cagey affair. They're going to play their style of football, which I think is going to lead to opportunities for us on the offensive end. So, you know, we're kind of playing with house money, not much to lose now that we got out of the group and it should be uh, entertaining football. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be fun. Um, just turning to the team. I mean, if we're trying to diagnose how this came to pass, I, I think you have to start with the the midfield group, which has been one of the standout units in the whole tournament. You know, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and uh, Eunice Musa. I mean, they've been fantastic. I mean, they have been the rock. Um, you know that have. I mean, I, I think about the game against England. In particular, like they, they're the second half. England midfielders were invisible; like you couldn't even yeah. find them on the field. Like they were, you know, they were just getting. There was for no every fear. Yeah, no fear from our midfield. No intimidation going up against England, which was really impressive. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you think about, and again, I'm going to go back to the youth and like the future. Like th- this will be the the core of a midfield for at least the next four years. I mean, if you yep. think, you know, Tyler Adams and Wes McKinney, I think are twenty three and twenty four respectively. Eunice Musa just turned twenty. Yep. I mean, I, he's a player that I think of all of them has at age twenty has just shown, you know, very high potential to mm-hmm. even go to a, you know a higher level. So I wouldn't be surprised to see his name start to bubble up in in transfer talks over the next you know, two big transfer periods coming up for club soccer. Yeah, but It could be this January. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but not to get too ahead or off topic. But, I, you know, I just – I think that that is where we can credit the success of this team has been this this uh, midfield, this, this engine. Yeah. Absolutely been excellent. Um, and, you know, that – if you can if you can do that against – uh, England, I, I think you can do something similar against the Netherlands. And now mm-hmm. uh, they might set up differently, but I just wouldn't, I don't think they're going to be intimidated. And I think now they're all probably feel like they're playing with house money. So I'm excited to see, um, you know, the three of them, you know, continue through this tournament. Hopefully the, the wear and tear does not catch up with them. I, I, I mean, I think we were texting a little bit about it during the, the uh, Iran game. Like you just, like Musa at the end of that game looked like totally spent. Like I mean, there was that he I I don't know how many kilometers he, must he have put ra- in. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say he must have ran twenty miles in that game. And I was watching, yeah. I was watching the game with my friend Paul, who's an England fan, and he was watching Musa, and he was just like, "This guy, he, Musa was still like bouncing around in like the 88th minute. He was like, yeah. does this guy get tired?' It's like it's like he's not human. <laughs> he's just got energy for days, and he leaves it all in the field for the U.S. I honestly think. He may be. I mean, if if he stays on the track that he's on right now, he mm-hmm. could be our best player in twenty twenty six when we host it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like, he's that good. Yeah. Um, just other things I wanted to call out, like just on the the positives. Uh, I think I had a lot of concerns about the the defense, um, the back four, uh, the center backs. You know, bringing thirty five year old Tim Ream and. Uh, MLS star Walker Zimmerman scared me a little bit as your, your starting centers and center backs. And, you know, uh, Serginio Des, very talented, not known for his uh, defensive uh, efforts necessarily, at least from a, a club perspective. And I just have to say they've all been really good. I mean, yep. 
they've been solid. I, I was a little worried about the the Cameron Vickers move in the in the Iran game, but it's uh, despite a couple of close moments that were a little scary. I, you know, he mostly came through. So, um, yeah, credit to the defense, credit to Greg Berhalter for making some of the right uh, selections. You think about all the drama about like would John Brooks make this team that we you know you know things like that that were news six months ago um and it seems like he put together a good unit so i just wanted to make that point as well yeah i would say they're definitely getting the most out of their defense in this uh in this world cup so far i mean two two clean sheets in the uh out of, out of the first three games you you would have signed for that going in um i thought it was very smart put, and it's it has been um shown to be true that tim ream um, in that back defense has just been solid for us. Like a player who like hasn't even been in like the U S men's team recently, mm-hmm. but he's getting a shot here and he's like making the most of it. He's just like a steady hand plays for Fulham. So he, you know, he plays premier league football regularly. Um, so the game's not too big for him. Carter Vickers, that was like kind of the surprise um, addition to the lineup for the, for the Iran game, but he plays for Celtic. He's played champions league football. So he's big. In, he's been in big games. Um, kind of like a strong, you know, kind of like a similar player to John Brooks, but maybe, you know, a, a little more springy and, and youthful. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he, he had some physical tackles put in, I, I guess you would, you would call them in the Iran game that didn't get called to his benefit, including like the last play where he had his hand on the back of the yeah. <laughs> around defender that had been called would have been a, a penalty kick for Iran. No oh, God. Thank God, I, thank God it was not. Um, but, that would have uh, been a very tough call. It, it would I, yes. I mean, he like the, it was not a foul. It was not a foul in my mind. And yeah. the guy, the, the, the Iranian, uh, was forward, going down on his own. Yeah. He was yeah, like right. two footing himself. Yeah. Like he was sliding down a slip and slide or something. I don't know yes. what he was doing. So, um, thankfully, um, uh, that was not called, but again, yes. you know, you got to make things as, as hard as on yourselves as possible, which gets me to the final point is the forwards, uh, the attackers, they need to score more goals like that, that, you know, two goals in three games. Um, very lucky that that was enough. Uh, you have to credit the midfield and the defense, um, yeah, and we didn't mention Evan Turner, who hasn't had a ton to do. It's not like he's being peppered with shots, but when the, the moment has come, he has been good, and I think mm-hmm. he's been good defending set pieces and, and uh, you know, clearing the ball aggressively. Um, so, you know, back to the, to the offensive players, it's been interesting. I, I think there's been moments where they've, they've looked amazing. Like uh, Tim Weah, I think, has been awesome. Like when you mm-hmm. start thinking about – the core of this team for the future. Like he's a huge part of it. Um, obviously Christian Pulisic with the, the big goal. And, and now the, the, what are we calling this? A uh, abdominal contusion injury. Um, yes. But we, you know, we knew going in, we didn't really have an answer, an answer um, at center forward. Uh, and I think Josh Sargent has been admirable yeah. in his efforts in, in the two games that he played in. Um, Haji Wright, less so. I, I don't understand the Haji Wright thing at all. Maybe there's something I'm missing that happens off screen, but um, seems a little bit lost and just underskilled for what the job is, honestly. 
Um, but they, they just need to get better at uh, a couple things. You know, there's been opportunities where they've had numbers and they don't make the final pass or they make too many passes or they hesitate on the shot. Um, and then I, I think the service from the wings and like the, the, uh, left and right back from uh, needs to be better, like in into the box. Like there's been a, and and the set pieces, you know, like ballistic set, you know, corners and free kicks have not been good. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just some room to clean some of that up, and hopefully that can happen. Um, you know, in this Netherlands game, because you know if the midfield is is you know providing possession and you know giving you the ball in positions to, you know, be aggressive, you got to start taking some chances because you're not going to, you're not going to just keep skating by. Um, We haven't allowed a goal from open play. You know, if we go deep into this tournament, that's definitely going to change. You're not going to just win every game one, nothing. So um, they need to start scoring some more goals here. Yeah, I I agree. And I agree that uh, Sargent, I think is probably our best option there. He's, he's Mm. been decent. Unfortunately he did, Taken in, he came up hurt in the in the Iran game, and I think they like are not really. I haven't seen anything like any updates yeah. on kind that of was like a real like, awkward it was a weird move. landing with like maybe like a hyper extension of his ankle or knee. Or <laughs> yeah, something. he landed on the ball. That was not yeah. good. Like he, that just looked painful to me. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's healthy, ready to go because I think he's our best option. I mean, Haji Wright just looked. Um, I, I, I mean, Berhalter put him in there thinking like he can hold the ball up when we're, when we're on like a defensive posture and just like trying to clear it, he, he can kind of body the defender, take it down and pass it. But he just, he's the, the game is too quick for him. It looks like he just, he looks like he's running molasses. Um, so I, I, I would much rather see Sergeant going uh, for a longer period. If he's healthy, maybe you want to mix in Hayes Ferreira. If you don't think Sergeant can go 90, um, someone who's like more of a kind of the opposite of Haji, right? He's like a quick, quick pass, um, give and go type uh, forward, but seems to like link up well, kind of well with Pulisic when he plays. So um, I I think those are probably two better options than Haji, right? In terms of the forward. But like you said, coming into the tournament, you knew for the striker position was always going to be an issue for us. Um, And, and it has been, but we've managed to get by on the strength of our midfield. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that gets maybe to the the next talking point, which is just some of the other squad decisions. I mean, if, if Sargent isn't an option, do you try something different and do like a false nine with Reyna maybe in something in that sort of position? That's I don't what know I if... thought was our best option going into the tournament, but clearly the manager does not feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that seems like, I don't know what's going on with the Gio Reyna situation. Um, it's very odd that Greg Berhalter seems to find minutes for Shaq Moore, but Gio Reyna has played like for four minutes. Five minutes. (laughs) Like, yeah. And just for, for context, Gio Reyna plays for Dortmund is probably talent, talent wise, is one of our three best players. And has played five minutes in the in the combined in the in the three group games, one appearance. Yeah, clearly, and he coming. In, there, I think there were questions about his hamstring coming to the tournament, but 
day one, he the answer to those questions said, I'm 100% healthy, ready to go. So yeah. there's obviously something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know. Is it Does Peralta have a problem with Gio Reyna? Does he have a, a problem with Claudio Reyna, his dad, who he played with um, in, in his formative years? I don't know. Uh, but it, it, it is definitely strange and kind of like a, like a weird like cloud that's kind of hanging over the team despite the success they've had. Yeah, it, it's odd. And, you know, if taking – because we – I don't want to speculate on the personal stuff. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, you know, if you're making a tactical case – well, there's number one, there's the injury thing. Okay, maybe he's not as fit as he, he claims to be. Maybe that's all smoke. He's hurt, whatever. Um, but if that's not the case and we just say, yeah, he is healthy, then the only tactical case I can make is, like, he, you know, number one – He's a bit of a defensive liability, not known for his defense. And this is a team that clearly, um, you know, finds defense to be very critical and important, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is like, okay, so how do you make that work with the lineup? You're not taking out any of the midfielders. So are you taking out Polisic or Waya on the wings? No. And then that, that leaves you with this false sign and a false sign for the the non-soccer heads is basically a center forward who um, has freedom to roam and drop back into d- different positions and stuff. So not a classical hold the ball up striker like Josh Sargent, um, but some someone who can kind of sort of like kind of a rover is the best way to think yeah. about it. Right. Um, maybe they just don't want to play that way. I don't know. Like, yeah. like you See, know, I and then it's he... like, where do you put them? Right. I, I don't know. The, the argument that, like, he's a liability uh, defensively, I think that works for the England game. Yeah. Where you, you go into that, you see you're, you're outgunned. But man-to-man, we're the better team against Wales and Iran. And, and it kind of, especially against Iran, where we're going for the win, you want that offensive firepower, I, I think, out on, out on the field. That's just me. Um, when you're When you're the – the better team, I feel like you should be the aggressor. You should be um, more open to attacking offensively and which he is, I mean, as Erling Holland, he's when he played with him at Dortmund, he sung his praises. <laughs> he, uh, he can, he can feed the ball. He's a great distributor. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see him unleashed against Netherlands because maybe that game could be more open and, and maybe Berhalter will be willing to, to play uh, a more open style now that we're out of the group. Yeah. Kind of. Well, it'll be interesting. Something yeah. to keep an eye on. I mean, other than that, I, I would say, you know, Burhalter's a controversial figure, gets a lot of shit. Um, but you do have to give him credit. They did advance. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll see what that means for his long term future with the team. Um there's been a lot of noise about some of the, the decisions around the subs, which I think is fair. Um that being said, the problem with the subs is like we just don't have huge depth, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like we we can't pill, put uh, Phil Foden and and uh, Jack Grealish off the bench. Like they're yeah. not they're not available on, <laughs> on our roster of reserves. They so, don't like, make American versions of those guys. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> uh, or you know, whatever they play soccer, they don't play yeah, soccer. They don't play I guess. Soccer, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. I think it's just a, it's a, a depth issue. And, and I think that, you know, 
it's going to show up the longer they're in this tournament, right? Because as, as the legs get a little wearier, you know, if you run into a game within in extra time, you know, think about the Belgium U.S. game from 2014, right? Like the U.S. mostly had to defend that game and did very successfully for like the first 80 minutes. And then like they start to get tired and, oh, wait, look who Belgian can bring in Romelu Lukaku off the bench in yeah. the like yeah. 88th minute. Look, yeah. Isn't that nice, right? Yeah. Um you know, so our, our, Romulu, our Romulu Lukaku plays in Turkey and is <laughs> a little skinnier. <laughs> yeah, not not quite as not, as uh, yeah. polished, but so yeah, it's it's just something that I think is just a part of you know the the nature of, of this team and the lack of depth. So uh, you know, I I don't know what better option. Obviously, we have our complaints about not getting Reina more time, but like. In the midfield, like when those guys get burnt out, Wesson McKinney's playing on a quad injury. Like, you know, next man it's, up. It's it next man up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I, I'm I'm very happy about the team, and I'm yeah. I'm happy about the the success. And I'm just thinking about like, you know, we talked about building the nest with the Giants, and and we talked about it in our preview how the the national team is really geared more towards the next four years than this tournament. And if you think of it in that context, like we now have like these, these players with this level of experience um, on the roster. And then you can say, you know, these guys are going to be in their primes in four years, the core of this team Um, and who's coming up, who's, you know, 16, 17 now that we don't even know about who's going to be that next gen- generation of the young guys, like the, you know, the Eunice Musa of the 2026 uh, World Cup, you know, like who's that? We don't know who that is yet. So it's exciting um, to think about it. You know, hopefully we have a, you know, a steady pipeline of these guys, but um, we have definitely elevated, I would say, you know, we, we don't seem. Uh, well, we've, we've certainly come a long way since uh, Trinidad and Tobago, right? Mm-hmm. Not qualifying for 2018. Oh God! All, all of a sudden, we're in, we're in the round of 16 in 2022. So yeah, I would encourage everybody I'd to look at who are playing right in, in the hex in that tournament. You know, at that stage, like a very different team where it was just like Pulisic or Bust, basically. Yeah, right. The... He had to do back then. He had to do, really had to do everything. Yeah, carry yeah. the ball down the field and score. <laughs> yep. So. All right. Well, let's let's move on from the U.S. and just mm-hmm. take a. a a look at the tournament in general. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, the games are coming hot and heavy uh, with this condensed schedule. It's just pretty relentless. Um, but have you been enjoying yourself with the soccer? I have. The tournament's been pretty good. Um, I thought leading leading up in our uh, in our last podcast, we said this should could be a a tournament where a lot of crazy things are happening, a lot of upsets mm-hmm. due to the nature of it. Uh, where it is, the, the fact that we're playing it in the middle of the club season for uh, these European leagues. And there definitely have been some major upsets with um, you had Saudi Arabia uh, beating Argentina, like right out the gate. Um, you had Japan um, with a win over Germany and then losing to Costa Rica. Um, I, th- I thought that, that was pretty, pretty yeah. crazy. Costa Rica, um, who opened the tournament losing 7 nothing to Spain as well. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then just today you had Australia advance to the round of 16. Um, not exactly known as a, um, 
a world power. They, they normally make, they normally make the World Cup just because they kind of qualify out of out of an easy region, but they're normally uh, you know kind of fodder for the big bigger teams and uh, are, are quickly disposed of. But um, is Tim Cahill met, still playing for he, the Socceroos? He's, he's finally done that. Tim Cahill. Oh, okay. I think he, I think he did. Play he's only forty seven. He, so, he did yeah. play until he was forty four. So. <laughs> He's uh yeah he's he's finally uh, retired at head, tossing a boomerang with the Aborigines uh, back over there in Australia. Um, so oh yeah, and then I guess the, the big disappointment there um, was the the Danish team who uh, were completely overrun by Australia today, um, not qualifying. A lot of people had them picked as a dark horse for the tournament. So there's definitely been a lot of surprising results, and it's it's been a pretty fun tournament so far. Uh, is there anything that's caught your eye? You know, the one thing I was curious your opinion on, has there been a team that's like sort of blown you away? And I haven't watched every game, but usually there's a team in the group stage. Like I think about Germany in, I guess it was 2014, where they just look like a juggernaut um, or Spain in 2010. You know, there's certain teams that just seem like head and shoulders, like, oh, they're they're put the mark them into the finals. And, it, and I don't yeah. feel like the, that. The the case, yeah, time? right. I feel like everyone is is susceptible. Yeah. Um. I I guess the strongest one you you you'd probably say Brazil. Mm-hmm. They, they were fairly dominant. It it kind of in both games it took them a while to to get going. They played uh Switzerland and Serbia. They played and they won the first game Serbia two nil and they beat Switzerland one nil. But they were like the dominant team and like in control of the game. Um. I guess other than them, you. Next, France, you'd, I guess, you'd would probably be the other go to one. France, right? Yeah, France drew today with um, Tunisia, but it, they they kind of played their bench, and uh, Tunisia got a one zero lead on them. Then France brought on their like studs, their like Mbappe's and and uh, and those types of players, and they got a goal back, and um, that actually ended up being disallowed at the end. But like they they started dominating Tunisia, so I, I kind of feel that that them and um and brazil were, were probably the two most dominant in, in the group yeah stage yeah it feels that way we'll see what um you know i mean just looking around uh, spain is has another game to play the feisty croatians are still out there but mm-hmm. yeah i mean Port- portugal's won both their games but i'm never i don't know they could make a run sure they've had yeah. a, a long run of success but I just don't feel like they're a juggernaut, I guess. So we'll see. It, it's it feels kind yeah. of wide open, absolutely at the top of the tournament right now, which is exciting. It should make for some interesting matchups as as we progress here. Um, any players that you've seen that are sort of like uh, flash in a way that get you excited? Usually well, in these tournaments, you you see some young guys maybe that are on the come up, uh, sort of make a name for themselves at the international level? Yeah, well, that's a good question because I think that, like, the star man of of the group stage for the Netherlands, player named Cody Gakpo. Yeah, he's one of them for sure. First Netherlands player to score in each uh, game in the group stage. Already signed, sealed, and delivered for $60 million to Manchester City. He's going to be a player that the U.S. needs to stop. Like, if there's, like, one guy – because he is like playing at a level that like really the rest of the Dutch team is not playing at. He's, he's kind of carrying them, um, especially against Ecuador. I, I thought Ecuador was even uh, was better than the Netherlands in their game, but Gakpo just, you know, scores every game. 
uh, just like a very like explosive kind of young, um, fearless, uh, attacking midfield player. Um, so I, I would say he's was the most impressive guy that I saw in the group stage. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good pick. I felt you you mentioned Ecuador. I I felt bad for them. I, yeah. I feel like they they got a rough run. They played really well throughout their three games, but just mm-hmm. not not enough. And you know, went out on four points, which certainly can happen. It kind um, of felt like there were like three good teams in that group, you know. Yeah, and then and, and everyone just beat beat up on Qatar. Yeah, and, yeah. And they probably had they been in different groups, maybe all three of them go through. Yeah, thanks for coming, but yep. <laughs> see you later. So the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that puts us in a good place. So the game is Saturday morning, right? It's at yes, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Saturday morning. All right. Are you, are you going to be – do you have a, a plan for where you're going to be for the game? I, I don't have a plan yet. Um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to watch it out because I want, like, a little bit of uh, – like Atmosphere. Like, atmosphere environment for it. Nice. Not, not anywhere where I'm like pushed up against the wall, struggling to breathe, but you know, a little mm-hmm. USA rah rah rah. Yeah, we're in our forties now. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. Doing we we that don't need anymore. to be doing that anymore. You want to sit comfortably, you yes. know. Yep. All right, cool. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and just do a few minutes on the Giants, get everybody caught up on what's been going on. All right. All right. Welcome back to the Flawless Takes podcast. Back to the old meat and potatoes, New York Giants football. Um, two back-to-back losses. They're now sitting at seven and four. Um, still in the playoffs. They are, uh, you know, in sixth place. They would play the 49ers in the, the wild card round of the playoffs if they were to start today. But a um, t- bit of a tough road going forward, uh, I-, I would say. Uh, no easy games. We talked about this last time. Um, coming up with a huge game, really, against the Commanders, who are sort of nipping at their heels now. Um, the commanders certainly currently sit at seven and five. They are in uh, seventh place. So that's a playoff position uh, these days. So they're in the playoffs. Um, I guess the only thing I want to say is I, I'm trying not to get down on the team right now. Like I think a little bit of the last few weeks has been coming down to earth. That Lions game. I've just thought they were, they were bad in for various reasons. The Cowboys game was a tough matchup in a short week where I actually thought they played well and had some opportunities um, to win. I mean, they scored three touchdowns, which, you know, for them is something. And, you know, they had the one call back and stuff. So there, there was opportunities there. Just, you know, maybe a little overmatched by the Dallas defense when it came down to it, you know. And they are the walking wounded right now. I mean, they are just beat to hell. Um, but I'm hopeful that this 10-day break here they've had, and it seems to be the report, that there's they're going to get some guys back. Like Evan yeah. Neal is going to play this week. Daniel Bellinger might play, which surprised me. I thought we weren't going to see him again this season. A bunch of sort of mid-roster, you know, the Fabian Moreau's of the world, mm-hmm. those guys who you, you don't notice are out, but, you know, they're out, are coming back. So they're, hopefully we're getting, you know, uh, a wave of, of healthy guys that can help supplement the roster because right now they're just – you know, getting by with, uh, you know, practice squad guys in a lot of places. So uh, I'm hopeful. I think they, they got a little bit more fight in them still. Yeah, uh, I'm the same way. Obviously, the last two weeks have been disappointing. I was actually in the building for the Detroit Lions Ooh, game. And that's a rough I one. 
I don't know how, if it came across on TV how cold it was for that game. Top three coldest Giants games I've ever been to. Wow. Uh, it was just like 30. It was like in the 30s with like a 20-mile-per-hour steady cutting wind. Um, and, and once the Giants got down, um, I think they were down – they got down 24-6. They were down like 18 points in that weather with the type of offense that the Giants have. You just knew that was going to be tough for them to come back. Like, I, I mean, I know – um, both it, both teams were playing in the weather, but it, it was just like <laughs> the, the, it felt like the lines were running downhill, and, and we were not. Um, we they kind of just beat us up at the line of scrimmage in that game, and then it, the Dallas game. I thought we came out with a great game plan um, to go at them, uh, considering the uh, the front seven that their defense brings. Daniel Jones just did not play well in the in the Cowboys games. He he just he missed too many big throws. Um, and, and, and that ended up costing us. Um, I, I thought we competed well though. Uh, you know, we had the lead in the first half, um, which is like really all you could have asked going into that game. I don't think Giants were nine and a half point dogs. Yeah. We were uh, up against it. So, um, yeah, two losses there, but I, I do, I like our chances on Sunday against the Commanders. The Commanders are such an annoying team, aren't they? Like, they yeah. couldn't have just, like, laid down and been the doormat for the division. They have to, like, have this, like, resurrection with Tyler Heineken again. I feel like, didn't we already do this, you know, like, yeah. with this guy? Um, you guys know you're you're not going anywhere with this guy. What do we do? I know. Like, <laughs> just, 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 just tank and get a high draft pick. I, like, but uh, Riverboat Ron has him fighting. He's a grinder. But I do, like, we are – we have we may get seven players back this week, um, so we're going to be a lot healthier coming home. You know the, the commanders keep keep like eking out these games. It's like that's our formula. So why don't we you know take that over take that over again from them and uh, get the result our way here? I, I don't know. I, I like our chances this week. I don't know how this whole thing plays out. Um, we have a, a very tough schedule. We still have to play the Eagles twice, twice and the Vikings. Yeah. So it, it is going to be a hard road. But, um, I mean, hey, listen, we knew this was coming when, when, when earlier in the season when we were, like, running off wins against, um, you know, like the Texans and, and the, you know, more like bottom feeders. We knew there's going to be a, a reckoning where it's going to be like, okay, we're going to have to play good teams at some point. And uh, now we're here, that part of the schedule. But, we're still on that NFC playoff graphic where we wanted to be. So um, it's still in front of us. And uh, Brian Dable had a, had a quote this week. He said, the season starts on Sunday. So um, we're going to find out if the Giants are going to yeah. put up a fight or just fade away here. Either way, they gave us a couple months of, of great football. Um, and hopefully we, we get a couple more games here that, that we can be happy and excited about for the future. But um, either way, I, I – I just want to stay positive and I've thoroughly enjoyed this giant season <laughs> in just a position to like most of the last decade. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's not that many teams that can actually catch them. Like mm-hmm. outside of the commanders who are in seventh, remember playoff spot, you have the Seahawks at six and five. And then after that, everybody's under 500 Falcons, yeah. five and seven lions, four and seven Packers, four and eight. Those teams are dead. Mm-hmm. I I don't see them making runs. I mean, I guess you would have to worry about the Seahawks. You the Seahawks are probably one the one team that could take our spot, right? Yeah. So, Commanders, and let them take the Commanders spot. You know. <laughs> so we got two games against the Commanders. I think if you win those games, 
you're you're going to make the playoffs, right. you know. And you do have one game against the Colts in there, which which look like a, who knows what the they, Colts. they look like a they look like a dead project to me. I think I, 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 mean, I think it's about to go like they got they got a, a surprise little jump here, a little jolt here with the with the Jeff Saturday, I'm, you know, out weird. of the blue higher. But I, I have a feeling it, it's going to turn dark there, like real dark. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I think if we're still alive <laughs> and, and, and have juice in our season, we'll be able yeah. to, to, to handle that game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So we'll see. Um, big game Sunday. Root for the U.S. Root for the Giants. Big weekend. Come listen to Flawless Takes podcast. Those are your big three right now. Yeah. Um, tell your friends. Like, subscribe, follow. Do all the things you're supposed to do. Click, uh, click, click. And we'll uh, we'll get back to you next week, hopefully with two W's in our pocket. Oof. And then we're I – mean, I mean, if the U.S. national teams win, this will be the only second time in their history. Well, I guess 1950 they made it. Right. If, if, yeah. They I don't, made the I don't semifinals know. back when, uh, yeah. when, when the games were in black and white. In modern era. <laughs> it would only be the second time into exactly. the quarter. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, so let's uh, root for that. Keep your fingers crossed, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Take care, guys.